Welcome to the Radiant Visalia podcast. Join us at one of our two services, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. Download the Church Center app or visit our website, radiantvisalia.com, to stay connected with us. All right, enjoy. Hey, everyone all right? I am too. I've got like 10 minutes to preach. I'll be fine. I'm okay. I'm going to make it. You're going to be fine, Trav. Everything's great. Um, I wanted to um, start this morning by asking a question. The question, pretty simple, like how many of you would consider yourselves visionary? Like, I'm a visionary. How many of you have been described by your friends as a visionary? I think sometimes that's a compliment. Other times that's a backhanded kind of dig that you don't actually finish, follow through, or you're a bit of a flake. You're such a, uh, how do I say it, visionary. If you're here and you've ever had unspoken expectations be disappointed, it is because you, my friend, are a visionary. (laughs) We all have this God-given ability to imagine a preferred future. And we either realize that, realize a version of that, or realize something, you know, far short of that. And maybe that's the story of your holiday season, I'm, I'm guessing it probably is. But what I want to help you understand is that every one of us is living with vision. Every one of us is imagining a future and moving towards it. Some of us are better at it than others. That's true. Some of us have a better vision than others. That's true. But we all are projecting into the future based on what we know and based on the hopes that we have. And I'm guessing that there's a fair amount of that going on right now, a fair amount of goal setting going on for the year ahead, a fair amount of looking back into what was in 23 and looking forward into 24. And so I just wanted to open the word of God and, and, and help I want to discuss kind of the mechanics of vision, how it works, and just in in the hopes of helping you with your desires uh, for this next year, Um, helping you to have the right desires, and then helping you realize some of the hopes that you have. Vision is such a powerful thing. It actually trumps competency. Because we often become competent in the things that we value and want and long for. That's a little bit of what was happening here with these classes. When we catch a vision for something, we often then grow in our ability because we want it and pursue it. So if you have a Bible, open Habakkuk. It might take us 10 minutes just to find Habakkuk. Well, that was it. That's the sermon. We all looked for Habakkuk. Couldn't find it. The first thing God wrote was a table of contents at the beginning of your Bible. 
You'll discuss that in the theology class with David Jansen. <laughs> so Habakkuk is an amazing book if you have a heart for revival. And I know many of us are living to see a move of God in, in our time. And this book is powerful uh, because it, it tells the story of revival. But the setup for revival every time, unfortunately, is a devival. <laughs> there is no re words without the D words. And the D words, like destruction, are, are not as welcomed. But that's where the people of God are at in Habakkuk. They're in, they're in exile. They've been forced from their homes. And the, the, the future looks bleak, and the Lord is disciplining the people of God by using the Chaldeans. And this was massively confusing because God was using the bad guys to discipline the good guys. And Habakkuk is like, what in the heck are you doing? But there's this great cry from Habakkuk because he's like, I've seen and I've heard that you do great things, God. I've heard about all this great stuff. I've seen it. I, I, sorry, I've heard you've done this stuff. Can I see it in my day? In our time, would you make that known? His name means to embrace or to struggle. This guy is wrestling and you know what he's wrestling with? He's wrestling with what we wrestle with. There's a gap between God's promises and his reality. Have you ever dealt with that gap before? Like we were praying for a woman yesterday who has stage four cancer. That is her reality. And you know what else she has? A promise for 20 more years. And she's just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. This is what God, I believe, is saying. And this is what the doctor is saying. And I vacillate. I go back and forth. And you might be here and not have stage four cancer, but we all understand that. Here I am. Here's my reality. And then here, way, way over there are the promises of God. And how will those uh, be realized? And squeezed right into the middle of chapter 2 of Habakkuk is this passage that I think is just really helpful. I believe that there is some help in the mechanics of how vision works. That vision is made possible through revelation from God. That vision is then made accessible through clarity. And vision is then made sustainable through implementation. So Habakkuk 2, verse 1, the prophet writes, I'll take my stand at the watch post and station myself on the tower. Why does he want this kind of perspective? Well, I'm going to look out and I want to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaints. Vision starts with listening. Vision starts with waiting. Vision starts with watching. It starts with getting on your knees and seeking God for revelation, looking to him as we sang. 
going before the Lord and watching, listening to hear what he will say to us. If this isn't a personal practice, I would encourage you towards it. If this isn't a corporate practice, if this is not something you do with your family or even your business, God doesn't care. Oh, he does. He totally does care about your business. Well, he's got bigger things to do. No, if you'll inquire of him, I'm pretty sure he'll speak to you. So we take the time personally and corporately to get on our knees and to watch, to wait, to listen. God, what are you saying? We want our vision to be revelation from you. We want it to be something that you've given us. This is so critical because nothing of eternal value can happen without this, without prayer. Spurgeon said this, if you can be great without prayer, your greatness will be your ruin. I think that'd be true for a campus. That could be true for the business that you're doing. If you can be great without prayer, that greatness will become your ruin. And he wants to lead us by consistently pointing the way for us. Jeremiah 33.3 is this real wild invitation where God says, Call to me and I will answer you. Call to me and I might answer. Call to me, no, and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. And the assumption here is that there are things that God wants to say that you will not hear unless you inquire, unless you call to him, unless you ask. I think this is so important. Um, Joshua, he's an Old Testament leader. Uh, famous for leading the people of God into the promised land. Do you know that he only lost once? Such a mighty warrior that he only lost once. And the battle that he lost was not the toughest battle. In fact, the battle that he lost was the easiest battle because he didn't seek God. He just assumed instead of inquired And I fear that in our strengths and in our situations, we just can go forward assuming instead of inquiring, God, what would you want to say? The idea is that there's actually hidden things, things that won't be revealed to you. If you have FOMO, this should be be stirring you right now. If you're worried about missing out, there are hidden things, great and hidden things. And so... We don't just start our year by bringing to God what we do have, what we do know, and what we do want to do. We start our year by saying, assuming, God, there are things I don't know that you want to do, and I want to participate uh, in those things. This This extends from Joshua to Jesus in the New Testament, who says, like, I do only what the Father, I still don't know how this works. But he's like, I do only what the Father is doing. What a, great, what a great goal for our year. What are you going to do? I'm going to do only what I hear the Father say. I'm going to do only what God is doing. And he pressed us and he said this, I want you to be really careful how you hear. 
Listen to your listening. Want to know why? It's how the kingdom extends. Pay attention. Watch out. Take care. Take heed how you hear, Jesus would say. Because the kingdom of God often advances through seed. There's a few times where God has hit me over the head with a tree. But more often than not, he sows seed. And that seed seems small, seems insignificant. Like, God, was that you? I think a hunch, a sense, and you water it, you nurture it, you tend to it, then it becomes that that substantial thing that someone could hardly miss. But that's not usually how the word of God comes. So take heed how you hear and tend to those seeds, those small things sown into your spirit that are so easy to ignore. Do you have fresh revelation for your year? Have you even bothered to come before him? If you're done with resolutions and goals, that's fine. What's not fine is that you wouldn't take the opportunity right now to say, is there anything you want to show me that's both great and hidden from me? I call to you. That's an important part of vision and seeing it come to pass is that it is in fact his desires for our lives and not just ours. The second thing that we step down into, the passage goes on, and the Lord answered me, and the Lord answers Habakkuk and says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets. He basically is saying, take this thing at 30,000 feet and bring it down. Revelation from God makes vision possible, but it's this clarity that makes it accessible. Make it plain. Make it clear. The Wright brothers, they made flight possible, right? TWA is the one who made it accessible and probably saw all the profits from it. The first altitude requires people to be good at waiting and listening looking to God. This second altitude requires a person to be good at focusing, prioritizing, and then unfortunately that means editing. Let me, let me tell you, you know what the enemy of clarity is? The enemy of making it plain? You know what the enemy is? Everything. Everything is the enemy of clarity. If you think this is simple, oh, this is simple. You just bring it down from 30,000 feet to 15. And clarity is so tough. And because of it, it's so powerful. It generates so so much momentum. It's so difficult sometimes to distill our hopes and dreams and desires and make those things clear. What's interesting to me is that in every poll, when people are asked, what do you value most in a leader? In every poll, they say integrity. It always comes back this way in the Western world. We want someone we can trust. We want someone with integrity. Unfortunately, we might value integrity, but we follow clarity. This is what we follow. 
And you're like, well, no, not me. I follow integrity. We'll see. We've got an election coming up, don't we? That's part of our 2024. And we'll just see if you actually follow integrity. I believe that for the most part, we follow clarity because the two candidates in 2016 with the least amount of integrity got the most amount of votes because they had clarity. And if you're like, oh, that's, that's dirty. Well, sorry, I'll pick on my own. We see church leaders who do not have integrity, but because they have clarity, they continue to have influence. I'm not encouraging you to get rid of integrity or to not be humble. What I'm saying to you, the point is this, clarity is so stinking powerful. It generates so much momentum. You walk into Smart and Final, which one are you buying? Not this one. Not this. Don't, don't put this in your hands and rub it round. We grab for what's clear. And this is so true. And that's, that's, what, that's what God's saying to the prophet. Make it plain. Make it clear. Make it accessible. Because unless you do, I fear that it won't be realized. Then the third step of this process, it goes on to say, so that he may run who reads it. This altitude is the altitude of sustainability. The point of all this is that we would run, that we would run the race that's been clearly marked out for us, that we would go full speed until we finish our race. In 1 Corinthians 9, the Apostle Paul says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you might obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. There's a sense of direction. I don't box, says Paul, as one beating the air, but I discipline my body. I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. The idea here from the Apostle Paul is make plans. Make plans. Develop processes. Improve those processes. Manage well what's been given to you. And what the Apostle Paul's saying, like we, there could be an, a rise right now from you saying, it sounds like a business. The church is more than a business. The church is, is not a business. And I think the Apostle Paul with his beaten body would grab us and say to us, it's more important than a business. We're going after an imperishable reward, an eternal reward. So develop processes Make plans, improve those plans, go at it, and don't be scared of excellence. There's an implementation altitude that we have to pay attention to if we're going to realize this. And it's a part. It's very much, it's not our part of the vision. God's involved in this as well. Moses, if anyone was good at hearing God, it was Moses, right? I mean, his career starts with a burning bush encounter. He's good at hearing God. He gets revelation. And he made it clear. 
really clear. He carved it on those two tablets, those stone tablets, somehow reduced it all to 10, right? And then he was, I think, struggled with making it sustainable. His father-in-law comes to him, who, by the way, has been a Christian for all of a day. He comes to him and says, hey, look, what you're doing for all the people, why do you sit alone? And all the people stand around you from morning till evening. And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God when they have a dispute. They come to me and I decide between one person and the other. And I make them know the statutes of God and his law. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you're doing? It's no good. It's no bueno, buddy. You and the people, you and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out for the things too heavy for you. So what's his father saying? It's not sustainable. I'm glad that you have revelation. I'm glad that you've made it clear. This is not sustainable. I love this uh, passage where, you know, you've heard the story of Jesus multiplying the fish and the loaves. It's a, it's a, it's a very famous miracle. What's not so famous is that Jesus commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass so that they sat down in groups by hundreds and fifties. It's really strange because I think what's going on here is they're saying, you got to make the miracle sustainable so that you can run with haste. And then the last elevation that this thing refers to, which is the one we'd rather not talk about. Can you put it up? This is the other thing that's this problematic. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. The kind of underground of all of this is waiting. And I know we all get vision. We all get vision. We're excited. There's momentum. New things always create momentum. The vision is exciting. You might come to the first class and you're all pumped on movement, all pumped to be a theologian, all pumped. But you know, it's, this class is seven weeks long. It's always exciting. Every answer to prayer is yes and amen. God is smiling upon you. Every traffic light is green. When you pull up, there's a parking spot for you. And then what happens? Dip. Delay. Every time. And now you're thinking, God, I thought you told me to do this, but now you're allowing this, and there is this gap. The name Habakkuk means to embrace or to struggle, or to wrestle. And the idea is that this may get worse, but you stand in and you endure. And by the way, faith is not walking forward without any crisis. Faith is not a life without delay or dips. A person of faith is somebody who remains faithful through the dips and through the delays. Would you stand with me? Just wanted to ask this uh, question of you as we close. Where do you feel hung up? Or where would you put yourself 
Are you needing fresh revelation like you need to hear from him? You've not heard from him in quite some time. Are you here and would say, I've heard from him. I'm really wrestling to make it clear, Trav. I can't seem to bring it down. can't seem to make it plain. It's complex. Are you here saying like, no, I've made it clear. I, man, my, I'm having trouble in the doing of what I feel like I'm clear on. Or are you here and just going, Travis, I have this and this is not coming to pass. I'm waiting for this. How many of you would say your hang up is just in revelation? You've not heard from him. Don't worry, it's not a shame thing. Revelation, everyone here has heard from God? Unreal. You two haven't? Oh man, everyone else has. No, that's not true. That's not true. They're liars. Okay. How many of you are like, man, making it clear is so tough for me. Making it accessible is really tough. How many of you really struggle to make it sustainable? Like you can get really clear. You can go hard for about three weeks and then it's like, dang it. How many of you are like, Travis, I'm still waiting on what the Lord's spoken to me. Just trying to remain faithful to that. Where are you at? Well, Lord, I just want to ask, good shepherd, would you come and lead us? Would you come and speak? Would your people hear your voice? Would you help us to make it plain? to make it clear and to edit out everything that leads to complexity? Would you help us to sustain the call you've placed on our lives? You care about that. And would you come to those who are waiting, who feel like, feel like the Lord would say over you, my delays are not denial. I'm not denying you. I'm not denying the promise in my delay. Would you help us to be faithful in season and then out of season. If you don't have Thanks for listening. We want to be a resource for you as you walk with Jesus. So please connect with us at radiantbicelia.com. Until next time. I